Practice 3. Find the story in your message. Lego and the art of the brick. Do you think that tossing around a few balls of wool would result in a jersey? How about the chances of creating a memorable watercolour by dabbling with a palette of paint? Sculpture from a lump of clay, anyone? Of course not. Raw materials need to be put together, created, crafted in a very specific way to result in a compelling end product. Anyone who has seen Nathan Sawaya's Art of the Brick Expo will have a clear mental picture of the contrast between the extraordinary masterpieces that he creates and their most basic components, Lego blocks. As leaders, words are our Lego blocks, our raw material from which we are able to create worlds and to paint pictures of futures yet unseen and undreamt of. And yet, we tend to fall into the trap of focusing on the raw material rather than the end product. Just think of the thousand PowerPoint bullet points that we have collectively been exposed to and presented to others. Lego block, Lego block, Lego block. The one word lists. Values are a favorite. Lego blocks again. The word salads that often emerge from off-sites and strategic planning sessions. I could go on and on and on. Because there's very little meaning or emotion attached to our Lego block words, they are challenging for people to remember, hard to retain, impossible to act on. The results? A big fat blank space. Words, though, should be the first tool of leadership, a leader's currency, so to speak. Yet, our over-reliance on jargon, buzzwords and cliches have devalued this currency to the extent that it's verging on junk status. As leaders, we need to ask ourselves, what can we do to strengthen our currency? I believe that the answer lies in going back, way back, to the most powerful and effective way of weaving words together, storytelling and stories. Stories help us make sense of the world. As a collection of words, Stories create meaning and make it relevant, relatable and memorable. Stories foster human connection and trigger our emotions. They draw us in, help us remember, make the abstract concrete, provide guidelines as to what to do in future similar situations. Mostly, I believe the power of stories is that they're about us. There is always a human element in a story a character we identify with, an emotion we empathize with, and an outcome we hope for. And of course, everybody loves stories. Whether it's the plot of last night's soapy, the latest movie, the gossip around the selection of the latest sports team, what happened to us in traffic this morning, the biography of the latest entrepreneurial wonderkind, we lap them up. And they're all around, except when it comes to the corporate world. I've often wondered whether there is some human button that we switch off when we clock in. Judging by the cliches and buzzwords hanging heavy in most corporates, it seems so. No wonder leaders battle to get through to employees, let alone get them aligned, engaged and passionate about what they do. Social scientist Brené Brown talks about stories as data with a soul, an image which I love. Stories are the key to connecting with employees at a much deeper soul level. 
Here are a few reasons why stories work so well. Number one, stories are memorable. It's estimated that we're 22 times more likely to remember a story than a set of facts. Facts are important, but stories are like a clothes hanger. They give the facts shape, meaning and context. Do you remember the facts and figures around David and Goliath, Little Red Riding Hood and Romeo and Juliet? No? But I bet if asked, you could tell the stories pretty accurately. Number two, people, friends, colleagues, employees, go to war for stories. Stories make us feel something. Passionate, excited, fearless. Exactly the stuff we always say we want people to feel about the business. Stories refresh and energize us. They inspire us to action. During the Harmony Goldfields hostile bid, which captivated corporate South Africa some years ago, two erstwhile friends, shift bosses from each of the rival companies, gathered for their customary Saturday evening braai. Talk inevitably turned to the bid. The one party rattled off his fact-based arguments. The other waxed lyrical about the Harmony story. Frustrated and flummoxed, because the facts can never trump a credible, authentically told story, the fact-based arguer resorted to the only thing he knew, to let his fists do the talking. Monday morning, the black and blue-eyed Harmony shift boss sheepishly attributed his war wounds to taking one for the Harmony story. Number three, stories carry the culture and make the abstract concrete. All the abstract stuff, like culture, values and behavioural norms, come to life with stories. Who understands exactly what is meant by integrity, except through a story, with characters, a plot and an outcome? Watch people's eyes light up with immediate insight and comprehension when, instead of talking about strategic intent or vision mission, you paint a picture of the Everest we have to climb or the Comrades Marathon we need to finish. Number four, stories create our identity. What do we tell ourselves about our organization? What do we have to live up to or overcome? What is the story of our future? Are we survivors, challenging the status quo, creating a better world? A strong narrative can amplify events, just as a weak one can diminish them. South Africa's Rugby World Cup win in 1995 was a country-making event. Did 2007 feel the same? Many believed not, perhaps because the miracle Rainbow Nation narrative was already on the wane. Number five. We all speak story. Archbishop Tutu did it for South Africa with one phrase, the Rainbow Nation. Obama's inauguration speech masterfully framed the challenges America faced with the great story of America, where for over 100 years the hard work, courage and honesty of the ordinary man had triumphed. According to scientists, story is in fact our human native language. It's hardwired into our brains from babyhood. Kids from as young as two years old respond to stories and make up their own as a way of making sense of their surroundings. This may explain why as adults, abstract concepts like strategic intent or values simply don't resonate until we've put them in the context of a story. The importance of finding a story in your message is not a new idea. In 2004, Jeff Bezos 
outlawed PowerPoint presentations at Amazon. Instead, any time an employee has an idea to discuss, they are required to structure their pitch in the form of a four- to six-page document called a narrative. Bezos's reasoning was as follows. Writing a four-page memo is much harder than writing a 20-slide PowerPoint because the narrative structure of a good memo forces better thought and better understanding of what's more important than what and how things are related. PowerPoint-style presentations somehow give permission to gloss over ideas, flatten out any sense of relative importance, and ignore the interconnectedness of ideas. Warren Buffett, chairman of Berkshire Hathaway, widely regarded as the most successful investor of all time, is a story fan too. His annual letter to shareholders is famously down-to-earth, conversational, and witty, full of analogies and metaphors which do more to explain his points than paragraphs of technical jargon. Referring to the financial crisis of 2008, Buffett referred to the U.S. government response as follows. In poker terms, the Treasury and the Fed have gone all in. Economic medicine that was previously meted out by the cupful has recently been dispensed by the barrel. Yet many of us shy away from stories in business, perhaps because we feel intimidated by having to recreate a Hollywood epic, something that Sean Callahan, author of Putting Stories to Work, calls a Big S story. The good news is that Big S, Hollywood-type stories, are not what's required in a business context. Far more powerful are the little s stories, which are the anecdotes that form the warp and woof of our everyday lives. When we share these little s stories in the right context to illustrate a specific point, they work extremely well. Given that 90% of our communication at work is verbal, learning how to casually inject our conversations with little s stories, which captivate our audience and cement meaning, is an incredibly worthwhile and learnable skill. Strategic stories or analogies which we at Thinkspiration help companies to create and then visualize as pictures, which we call visual strategy maps, are also extremely powerful. Again, these don't have to be Oscar-worthy Hollywood productions, but they need to contain an analogy or metaphor that employees relate to. Each visual strategy map is different, but all are underpinned by a structured framework which covers the following. Where have we been? Where are we now? What has changed? Where are we going? How do we get there? The most important question that a strategy story needs to answer is why. Why answers questions of purpose, meaning and context, and most importantly, allows employees to connect the dots between what they are doing and what it is meant to achieve for their company. Answering the why question is the single biggest lever in terms of sense-making, understanding, and ultimately, engagement and effort. Words, mental pictures, and stories are enormously powerful. But they take work. They need to be created, woven together, thought about, drafted, practiced. Many in leadership positions are more comfortable with Excel spreadsheets, processes, operations, or systems. 
But the reality is that someone else can do all that. Weaving together words which communicate a compelling story about the company's future is the sole domain of the leader. Two, strategy to story, DIY. Many strategy to story tools involve specialist skills which can be acquired, but there's nothing stopping you as a leader from applying the simple thought process which may change how you think about and talk about your business. Think about your strategy as a story. Are you a back-against-the-wall-against-all-odds survivor? Are you a maverick challenging the establishment? Are you a world conqueror? Are you driven by creating a better world? Who are the main role players? What are the points of conflict, obstacles, challenges you face? What happens next? Who cares? Why? Piece it together, block by Lego block. Before you know it, you will start to see the picture you have in mind taking shape. Made up of Lego blocks, maybe, but looking a lot more like the art of the brick. Two, saw strategy workshops. Often at the inspiration, we're called in to assist companies distill their strategy into a compelling story. We follow a process which includes listening sessions, creating the listening session's feedback visual, identifying a relevant analogy or metaphor that matches the strategy, and finally producing the visual strategy map. However, sometimes we find that the strategy in one senior executive's head is not the same as it is in another senior executive's head. We call this the New York effect. Try this little experiment. Ask any group of people what mental image they see when you mention the words New York and see how the answers differ. Some people talk about Frank Sinatra, others about 9-11, others about the Statue of Liberty. Strategy is a New York word. When leaders don't necessarily have the same mental picture about what it is and what it means, and this confusion is amplified throughout the company, Things can go horribly wrong. That's one reason why a visual strategy map works so well, because finally, everyone is looking at the same picture. When it seems that there's a lack of clarity concerning the strategy, we recommend a SOAR strategy workshop. The acronym SOAR stands for Strengths, Opportunities, Aspirations and Results. During this workshop, we facilitate an honest conversation among the top team, which focuses on building organizational strengths in line with the principle that what we focus on grows. We encourage the participants to share their stories throughout these workshops and encourage them to think out loud together. This works particularly well in cases where designing an imagined future is a key outcome. Simple overarching questions which guide each part of the saw are strengths, what can we build on? Opportunities, what are our stakeholders asking for? What makes us unique? Aspirations, what is our purpose? What do we care deeply about? Results, how will we know we are succeeding? How should we allocate our resources to get the results we want? Two, visual strategy map. There's an example of an industry-wide visual strategy map 
called Migrating to the Future, which was done for the 2014 Joburg in Darba Mining Industry Conference. This is an excerpt from the chairman's summary in which he refers to the map and analogy extensively. Dear industry, we've come a long way together, been through some good and tough times. I think about you a lot lately and the same picture keeps coming to mind. I see you, actually us, as a huge bunch of herd animals migrating, maybe even storming across the African plains. We're not a united bunch. There are very distinctive herds. The employees, the unions, the inevitable fat cats, the BEEs, causing confusion and kicking up dust rather than really moving forward. Each of us dreaming of a future that's ours alone. Indeed, we are all equal, but some of us are just a bit more equal. Scorched earth in our wake, treacherous terrain ahead, the huge cloud of regulatory uncertainty obfuscating almost everything, a bit like a free state dust storm. We are hurtling towards the cliff, egged on by the bankers and lawyers buzzing overhead. Someone needs to pay for those sand and high rises after all. Investors float above the sorry scenario, sharp shooting specific prey, but untroubled. They don't have to land in this mess. They have other options, other destinations after all. Communities are clear. They don't want us anywhere near, despite many of them owing their very existence to us, which really gives us less and less to work with. We pray for rain in the form of a commodity price boom or currency weakness, but there's no sign of that. Some of us have reached the industry cliff and attempting to cross over into future land. Mechanization is an option, but not all can cross here. Some are attempting to walk the tightrope of DMR compliance, believing that it alone is the route to a better future. Others are just taking every step as it comes, as we do in mining, the cake nuert approach. All the while, the river below roils with threats to our very existence, rising costs, safety issues, potential disinvestment. Is there really a better future for us? What could it look like? Most importantly, what would we have to do? What bridge would we need to construct to cross into it? These were the questions that defined our conversations at the 2014 Joburg in Darba. Rather than kicking up the same old dust, we tried to paint the picture of a future we could create and would be happy to be part of. This visual worked extremely well, and as effective metaphors do, has become a reference point for the mining industry, individual mining companies, as well as university mining engineering faculties. It has also succeeded in creating a common language and a shared vision of the future among the many diverse stakeholders. One extremely powerful side effect of any visual strategy map is the way in which it works as a catalyst. It generates a different kind of conversation and a different kind of interaction. It's the way these conversations change or start among leaders and their subordinates that creates enormous value. Tool, storytelling for leaders. More than 90% of communication in business happens conversationally. While we may be aware of the power and value of stories, after all, when we tell them informally, people listen, engage with, and remember what we say. Few of us as leaders 
know how to harness that natural power in the workplace and use it to our advantage. Like anything, acquiring and using the skill is about knowledge and practice. We believe that this is so important that we deliver a specific six-month program called Storytelling for Leaders as part of a license agreement with Anecdote, the world's largest business storytelling company, which helps leaders develop and hone their oral storytelling skills.